1: Good evening. Happy. Is it home day? Yeah, I believe it is. Happy home day. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. show. It feels weird. it being a Wednesday because we there's already been so much that's been packed into this week. And last night we saw an absolutely extraordinary State of the Union address. Talk about explosions, man. Talk about dynamite. That's exactly what I think that speech was last night. But I want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. What did you think of the speech? And did you what effect do you think it's going to have? I mean, because honestly, I think we can see from the instant poll results last night as well as today that the vast majority of Americans thought that it was an outstanding speech. 76% agreed, actually, with President Trump's position on border security. So it's clear that President Trump knocked it out of the park with the speech last night. So two questions for you guys tonight. What effect do you think that that speech will have going forward on America and on Congress, as well as... What did you think of the Democrat response? 888-344-1170. Those topics and more on tonight's Andrea Kay show. And of course, the man who's going to keep it all happening here, keep it rolling tonight, is DJ Carrot Sticks. So many
0: friends in San Diego. My best friend. He goes by
2: DJ Carrot Sticks. People didn't hear, not everyone
3: heard that yesterday on the State of the Union. That was the special, uh, CNN edited that out. That was the unedited version of him giving me props.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You give
3: San Diego a shout out there. Exactly. Gotta love Trump.
1: Yeah. You know what? Um, uh, right now, I I, I think can you, if the, if everybody would love Trump, he would have gotten a hundred percent. If you take the words in his speech last night and pretend that Obama had said it, what would the Democrats be saying? Well, I, I you know what? I don't really know because even as I say that, uh, what I first of all. I feel like as I before I even give my analysis, uh, continued analysis uh, of the speech last night, I got to start by giving an apology. Because when I heard, remember, I think it was the day before when I heard that the speech and even maybe um, on a Facebook live broadcast before last night's day of the union, when I heard he was going to be talking about unity, I thought unity, bipartisanship. How are you supposed to reach compromise with people that are for post birth abortion and for people that want open borders? I really did not like the strategy. I didn't like the strategy because I didn't like how he handled reopening the government. I just felt like I wanted my Trump back. I felt like, you know, that that he had been turned into a step for president. I wanted him to come out with guns blazing, not try to unify with people that he can't unify with. But boy, was I wrong. Absolutely wrong. Because he was so it was absolutely brilliant. And I'm not exactly sure. Of course, we never really know. Uh, Most presidents don't write all of their own speeches. Uh, Even if they do, it's usually in parts. I think Ronald Reagan was probably the last president who actually wrote all of his own speeches. Uh, But it, it was absolutely brilliant because whether he wrote every word or not, the plan to seek unity around common principles that America was founded on, what he sought unity for is about what every American used to believe in. It's actually what our country was founded on, securing our borders, not slaughtering human beings just because they're babies, individual liberty and freedom. How about support for Israel? How about a foreign policy that doesn't waste lives and treasure with never-ending wars? How about free markets? How about love and pride of country and recognizing our historical greatness and what this country has achieved? The great, How about the greatest force for good in the world? Every one of those things that he sought unity around last night is what this country used to be about. So he was absolutely right to seek unity around those principles. And in doing so, without attacking the Democrats, in doing so, he let the Democrats attack themselves. He let the Democrats show exactly who they are on full display for the world to see. The contrast that he was able to show it was absolutely brilliant. And then also in the course of doing that, I, I, think, I, I think I've think i got some analysis here. I haven't heard anybody else say this, but there has been for two and a half years. We know everything that's been going on with the exposure of the racist in the Democrat Party in the last few weeks. But we also know what has been continued, the mantra, the false narrative that has been continuing and amped up more in recent in re- in recent weeks regarding the slogan, Make America Great Again, um, the Hats, MAGA Hats, Make America Great Again, that that is some kind of trigger that's about white supremacy, that's about evil nationalism, and that's absolutely wrong. And what President Trump did last night with delivering a speech that sought unity around the history of America's greatness, about how the foundations of this country and its greatness and its principles allowed him to talk about the economic... Boom that we have going on the economic revival in this country we've got going on, but then to talk about how the, it, this country with its greatness stood up and stared down the face of evil, that this country uh, ending slavery, he listed all that he he showed World War II veterans that freed the world from Holocaust, and, and and a man who at eight years old heard his dad say, "Thank God, here come the Americans," and then he talked about how the future. America's greatness in the future is still yet to be achieved. Our greatest moments lie ahead, and, and I ask you to choose greatness, he said. And in the course of doing that, not only was it incredibly motivational and, and exciting and restored a, American pride for this country, but it also seized back and sucked all the oxygen, oxygen out against the horrific way in which the the left in this country has used a slogan like make America great again and tried to make those of us who love this country and who know that this country is great, that we know that it was put on the wrong track by left, that that makes us racist. He completely obliterated that argument. It was absolutely brilliant. Many of those who say that, and then of course, we you know, we we know – that the contrast, when he's talking about all the things that he loved about this country and and all the successes and all the good things that's happened, and you see what they didn't stand for, the contrast, uh, that, you know, um, they hate everything that he stands for. You know, a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, they're against the wall and they're against what Trump's saying here because they hate President Trump. I disagree. I disagree with that, and I think that the conservatives and pundits need to stop pushing out this notion that the left is disagreeing with Trump on the wall and on taxation and on regulation and on uh, foreign policy and uh, all the different policy disagreements just because they hate Trump. I, I really wish conservatives would stop saying that because the reality is, as President Trump also later pointed out with his contrast, they don't disagree with him on policy just because they hate Trump. They are socialist. They hate everything Trump stands for. They hate us. Remember, we're the deplorables. They hate America. They hate the Judeo Christian values and principles on which this country was founded. They hate individual liberty. They hate individual responsibility. They don't want limited government. They don't want a strong national defense. They're not pro Israel. They're not free markets. You think about what they're for. They're against protecting children from pain, from the painful torture of murder being inflicted on them even after they're born. And these are the same people, by the way, that say that waterboarding terrorists that were involved in destroying this country on 9/11 that's not our values they want to say. Really? They showed what their values are. They refused to stand when an ICE officer was recognized for having saved What, 300 women and children from human trafficking? They sat there scowling with their faces when President Trump said, we were born free and we will stay free. That this country was founded on liberty, individual liberty and independence. They frowned at that. They scowled at that. They were angry at that. The contrast that he presented was absolutely extraordinary. Before I take a break, I'm going to go to the phones and uh, get some feedback from you all out there. Sounds like Tom, the candy man. I was thinking about Tom earlier. It, it, hey, it's, how are you doing? I'm great. You know, I was thinking about you earlier before I came to the station because I, I was thinking about how that speech last night was just as sweet and yummy as those Trump candy bars you sent me, my friend.
2: I'm going to tell you something. He hit a home run. He didn't just hit a home run. It went so far out of the ballpark. Do you know what he actually did? CNN is not credible anymore. MSNBC, all the crap that they've been trying to feed to people and the rest of the fake news is after they listened to him last night and saw what a loyal American he really is. I've talked to people in Canada and people in my neighborhood that were against him. Mm -hmm. They're all for him now. That's why they're at 70 percent, 80 percent. The real truth about Donald Trump is coming out. He's going to go down in history as the best president we've ever had.
1: Yeah, I mean, he everything from his position, his strong, you know, they have tried to paint him as a woman hating, uh, minority hating, um, you know, Islamophobic, every ism, every ist, whatever you can throw at him. And he dismantled every bit of it last night. Every bit all of that right. he dismantled. He it wasn't the first black president or Barack Obama because remember Bill Clinton was you know they joked oh he's our first black president. It wasn't Jimmy Carter. It wasn't Bill Clinton. In fact, Bill Clinton Clinton imprisoned. He was the one who amped up all these mandatory sentences. And Barack Obama didn't do anything to help the the African Americans that were that were like Alice Johnson that we're spending lifetimes in prisons unnecessarily, you know, from from that position to talking about ending endless wars, you know, everything that he everything that he just and his heartfelt comments about ending the pain on children through abortion and them being ripped apart. I I just I just thought that that really was extraordinary. Did you but let me ask you this before I got to go. Did you watch the Democrat response? What do you think of that?
2: Well, I turned it off because I did not want to listen to their rhetoric. I listened to some of uh uh one of the what is it c n n and they were i mean they were people I talked to someone that listened to him extensively and they said, "We now know that they're liars. they mean absolutely nothing it's whatever they're saying doesn't mean anything after we heard him last night right did you watch did you watch the left they didn't stand up if you don't think the american public didn't look at that and say these people he's a good man these people they're evil look at them the uh, yeah. look at that, you know and absolutely so i'll tell you what he's a wonderful man i am so proud of him i i can't even begin to tell and i you know what when he had his program i couldn't stand him i love him now yeah. he's the best yeah. president we've ever had i'm so thankful we would be a third world country yeah if If uh, she was in, believe me. Absolutely, we would.
1: Well, thank God for you, Tom. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it.
2: Make sure you read that, what I sent you extensively. You have to go into the articles.
1: I will. I promise I will. Thank you for sending that, by the way. Um, Before I take a break, going to go to another caller. Is is this my buddy Chet from Long Island calling in? Hey, doll. How you doing?
3: That was a fantastic State of the Union. It was Reagan-esque. You know... I'm just so proud to finally, after eight years of Barack Hussein Obama, have a president that stands up for our values, our military, our children, our innocent children, which is a genocide, which is infanticide. My favorite part of the State of the Union, Andrea, is when he called out all the politicians and all the mega donors that live behind their walls.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was such a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. I think he said, "I may be quoting here," um, something about the uh, the wealthy politicians and donors who push yeah, for open yeah. borders while they live live their life behind walls and guards guards and gates. Um, but I'm grateful to to piggyback on your comment. I'm grateful to have a pre, uh, to a president who the first Republican president. I don't even remember Ronald Reagan doing this. George W. Bush for sure didn't. He, in that speech last night, without doing what I wanted him to do, which is point at all of them and call them out for the anti-American, anti-Semitic, racist baby killing ghouls that they are he sh- right. he let them show that that's what they were and the way that he did it when he when he's got them cheering he's got them clapping for the, the national you know uh health care act that a woman you know can you know stay at home with her baby and then he transitions into calling them out in fact if you stay stay for a second i want to play that quip la- quick that clip from last night
2: there could be no greater contrast to the beautiful image of a mother holding her infant child than the chilling displays our nation saw in recent days. Lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia, where he stated he would execute a baby after birth.
1: Wow, Chet. I mean, that was some fierce comments to them. And I thought that they were absolutely perfectly said, because he he didn't just say late-term abortion is bad. No, he talks about ripping a baby from its womb. He used the word that can feel pain. He used the words a governor who wants to execute a baby, and then when you see them, when he called, then he calls for legislation to put an end to this, and they're not clapping? Wow.
3: And, Andrea, it's the art of the deal. He does it all the time. The Democrats wanted to switch the narrative, and I think they did it on purpose with putting out this picture of uh, the governor in Virginia with his blackface to take away from what the original outrage was with this infanticide. The president put the spotlight back on what these ghouls, as you called them, are promoting throughout the United States of America, and I'm, I'm just very proud to say that I voted for that man. God bless America, and God bless our president.
1: Absolutely. Chet, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion on the other side. One of the things that he really hit home on, which I said that I wanted him to do, maybe not exactly the same way that I had asked for him to do it, but still, it was his comments on socialism. And A little bit later, we've got Don Jans who wrote the book The Road to Tyranny. He's going to be here to weigh on that. And then later on in the show, we've got some breaking news out of San Diego that we're going to share with you as well. So stay tuned. We've got more Andrea Show coming up, 888-344. 1170.
4: Be sure to follow Andrea K
1: on Twitter at Andrea K show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K-A-Y-E. You don't know what you don't know. Your assets don't have to be paid off to need an estate plan.
0: FM 96.1, North County, AM 1170, San Diego. The answer.
6: Hey, parents and grandparents you've heard about the answer san diego's half price tuition program well now is the time to call and enroll your student into a great school for half price just call 844-800-5757 the answer san diego has partnered with some of san diego's finest private schools to offer half price tuition for the 2019-2020 school year this is such a blessing that'll save your family a lot of money but these schools are going fast so call now 844 5757 To see the list of participating schools, log on to the AnswersanDiego.com, pick your school, then call to enroll your child. Be ready to put the entire half-price tuition on your credit card when you call. You'll be giving your child or grandchild the high-quality private education they need for half-price. Tuitions are going fast, so call now. 844-800-5757. That's 844-800-5757.
8: Hello, John Harris, a financial advisor with LPL Financial and a 40-year veteran of the financial markets. Goodness knows there's a bunch of folks out there vying for your financial planning business, and most want to start by reviewing your current portfolio. But the planning process should start well before that. The very first step should be to determine your exact risk tolerance, and not just high or low. Every investor should start with a risk tolerance questionnaire that will give you a numeric score. I've been using such a test in my practice for years. It's seven questions, answer on your own, takes about five minutes, and now you have a precise measurement of your risk tolerance. If you'd like a copy of this simple and fun test, email me at John K Harris. That's j o n dot at lpl.com. Or 858-521-9619. Again, 858-521-9619. And catch my show, Illuminate, Saturday, 7 a.m., absolutely risk-free. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer.
7: Andrea K. telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show. Yeah, I had to celebrate last night's State of the Union address with a big box of fluffy, yummy, sweet donuts today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, my buddy DJ Carrot Sticks, tell everybody what flavor you had.
3: I had to go back to the original. You know, I used to be DJ Maple Bar. Yeah. So I had a maple bar with bacon on it. And it was not just like some of that translucent bacon you get on some yeah. of these fast food burgers. This was chunks of bacon
1: it was in fact it could be used it could be used as a weapon fighting a war over. The- <laughs> um, before i go to my next guest um i i gotta wrap up the discussion uh that i just had actually with a couple of callers that uh conservatives that just really the i think the world and america was stunned and shocked and left uh our hearts warmed to hear the president of the united states last night talk about protecting children who can feel pain who are beautiful babies that are being executed or that that where the democrats want to execute them after birth and and really it left the democrats really with not much that they can say as they sat there scowling refusing to clap at the notion that we should have legislation Uh, You know, they claim they're the party for the disenfranchised. They claim they're the party for the forgotten. They claim they're the party of women and children. And yet they sat there stone-faced, refusing to clap when he suggested there should be legislation to to protect fully grown children from the womb, fully formed babies who can feel pain to keep them from being executed. Nancy Pelosi gave a statement today afterwards. When she was asked about it, she said, a ban on such a practice is really quite a sad thing. She says, you know, when you know that we'll be talking about something that applies to the health and life, and then she stops because she's realizing that we're, we're talking about ending a life here. We're talking about murdering babies. She goes on to say, health and ability to have other children of women. What? So now, now third term at the moment of birth and after execution of children is so that women won't have... We'll be able to have other children. That doesn't even make sense. God bless President Trump. They have nothing now. They've been put shown to the world because you know what? We're one of only three countries, I think, in the entire world that allows for the murder of children past a heartbeat. That's it. And, as, and at the top of the show, I talked about how I, I really want the conservative pundits and, and conservatives out there to stop saying that the left is, is disagreeing with President Trump just because they hate President Trump. No, they hate this country. They want to transform us into Venezuela. They are Marxists. They are communists, and it involves the, the degradation of life, and it's beginning right now with children. But it will not end there. And joining me now to talk about um, the other aspect of what happened in last night's speech was President Trump calling them out for the socialists that they are. Don Jans joins Don Jans joins me now. Who wrote the book, The Road to Tyranny? Hey, Don, welcome back.
7: Thank you so much. Glad to be back. Um, what a speech! What a speech! It was. It, it it didn't seem like it there's an hour and 20 minutes
1: no it didn't um some people were saying today it's really sad that we're at a place in America to where the president of the United States has to declare that we've got to reaffirm that first of all we got to reaffirm as he said last night that all children born and unborn uh, are, you know, uh, created in the image of a holy God and deserve to be protected, but also that he had to say, I'm declaring tonight pretty much that I- America is was born free and will always remain free and will never be a socialist nation. And we, that's when we saw some real anger and some scowling from the left.
7: A couple of things on that, Andrea. We've had presidents in the State of the Union talk about the evil of socialism before talk about the evil of collectivism before. Of course, we were in the Cold War for how long? And and, uh, we had many presidents that talked about that evil, including Ronald Reagan. But never that I can ever remember has a president of the United States come out and said, because of the socialistic leaning in this country, I declare that we will always be a free and independent people that was stunning yes to think that we would hear that from president of the united states and yeah what he said was so appropriate because that's what is being threatened that is exactly what is being threatened
1: what i also love that he said is he went on to say that we were a country that was founded on individual liberty and independence not coercion domination and government control and that's why you see the scout saw the scowling on the part of the democrats because everything about their policies are coercion, domination, and government control. Whether you're talking about coercion in the form of forcing bakeries to bake cakes that, that go against their religious freedoms, forcing nunneries to have to provide birth control. Or how about trying to um criminalize somebody using he or she or the wrong pronoun? Or how about domination in the form of regulation and high taxation? This is the party that's wanting to tax the quote rich people at 90%, or government control in which they want to control every aspect of our lives including how how we parent our children there right now that, that Nancy Pelosi wants uh, to put legislation out there that uh, and there are parents that are being told that they don't have a choice over whether or not their child transitions from one gender to another and Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi actually wants to put legislation out there and that would involve 10 year olds and 11 year olds um, oh, wow. being put on you know hormone blockers against the parents uh, request so I mean everything about them, is about coercion, domination, and government control, isn't it?
7: Yes, it is. And we take and we hear we hear President Trump talk about freedom and independence. What is the opposite of freedom and independence? It's tyranny. Yeah. What is tyranny? Tyranny is oppression of uh, oppression of government, oppression by government of its people. Tyranny is the government controlling the lives and thoughts of the people. This is exactly why we fought the Revolutionary War mm-hmm. to free ourselves from that. So when he says, when he says freedom and independence, he is saying we will not become a tyrannical country. That's where what Sanders, what AOC, what these people are talking about—that is where it always leads. Always.
1: Well, yeah, and and there and uh, AOC, her response today. I don't know. If- I should have pulled the clip because it was so insane and so hilarious. Uh, she said, oh, well, he's just scared. President Trump yeah. was just feeling threatened by socialism. You know, he, he was just he was he's running scared by what we're what by what we're presenting here. Uh, no fool. We can, we all know what the result is. Uh, you know, maybe, I I don't know what she was taught in her schools. You know, I do a lot of education segments here. We know that the left has hijacked our school system and they're churning right. out these idiots like AOC and, and little worker bees, you know, for the state coming out. But we have a thing called Google. You can turn on the news all day long and see what's happening in Venezuela or find out for yourself. I mean, hundreds of millions of people have been killed. There's not, there's never been a time in which socialism, has worked. The only thing that it does is redistribute misery. And right now an article came out the other day, I meant to post it on Facebook, of uh, the elites and the Kardashians of Venezuela bragging and flaunting their wealth in front of the peasants that are hunting down dogs for food. And it's just absolutely disturbing that we have uh, uh, people elected to Congress that are trying to get that same system here.
7: It, it, it's, it's frightening. We saw, we saw when um, President Trump was talking about we will never be a socialist nation. They turned the camera on Bernie Sanders. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. saw the scowl, the absolute terrible hatred and scowl that, that, that Sanders had. Of course, socialism is hatred. But I'm sure, I'm sure Sanders must have been thinking, gee whiz, wasn't it about five, six, maybe seven years ago? I told the American people that you have a better chance of reaching the American dream in Venezuela than you do in the United (laughs) States. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He had to be thinking, wow, I hope people don't remember this. What if they go back and they remember this? That's what I said. Socialism was. Well, you know what, then I'm really, yeah,
1: off. I'm really glad that, you know, there was calls back when uh, the shutdown was happening and President Trump was supposed to give a speech, I think, on uh, the 20th, maybe, or a couple weeks ago. And uh, Nancy Pelosi disinvited him. And there were many of mm-hmm. us, me included. I wanted him to go find a stadium somewhere and do it. But I'm glad he didn't, Don. I'm glad he delivered the speech in front of Congress and did it the way that he did it. There was so much. It, it, the, it, I mean, there there's no flies on him. He delivered a call for unity. That was done in such a way that it contrasted and showed the left for the anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, um, ghouls, socialist, tyrannical oppressors that they really are. Some other moments for me was when, you know, he talked about and showed, talked about the Holocaust. And he was talking about the greatness of America oh. and showing our history. And it's not lost on me. That while he talked about how he moved the embassy in Jerusalem and, and talked about Israel and how we saved the world, uh, you know, ag- against Nazism, that the Democrats elected two Muslim, anti-Semitic, anti-Israel women, and they, you know, are, uh, uh, that they're serving in Congress. It's disturbing. Yes. They were
7: sitting. Yes, one of them was sitting there. Um, there the the way that Trump introduced. His guess, I thought, was was very, very, very good. I thought he did an excellent job on that. But I really believe that the last part of his speech was extremely, extremely well-crafted, very, very well-delivered, and and really had the Reagan-esque attitude toward it. We have just begun to be great. Yeah, We must continue as a free, independent nation but we have just begun to be great i thought that was done extremely well i, yeah.
1: I did too you know i, I he talked about our uh, the And I think he was actually referencing the World War II veterans at this point. He talked about – but no, I think going all the way back to the founders, he talked about those before us who shed their blood and tears and and had courage and vision of those who came before Uh us. How we ended slavery, built – they ended slavery, built highways, secured the nation, faced down evil empires. And he said now we have legislators, uh, you know, who have – Uh, he wondered if they will join him in in the same look at the opportunity he said that we have before us our most thrilling achievements lie ahead and our biggest victories are yet to to, um have yet to, to come i was writing feverishly last night i'm trying to read my own notes and you know he asked he said uh the something about defining the differences uh let's let's um instead of defining ourselves with our differences let's transcend that let's not squander our inheritance he went on to say, let's conquer the unknown and do it together. I'm asking you to choose greatness. And one of the things I talked about um, at the open of the show is that I loved his constant thread of of the theme of greatness because the left has tried to turn that term, make America great again, or going into 2020, keep America great. uh, They tried to use that as some type of racist, nationalistic white supremacist slogan and, and, and when when it's really about love of country and love of everything yeah. that this country has done we are the greatest country and the history of the world we have provided the greatest level of humanitarian aid we have provided the greatest level of prosperity for its citizens than any other history in the world it's because of our system that we have we invented flight the tv electricity the light bulb the telephone the computer all the modern technology today was created by the united states of america we have been the the military the police force for the world and, and you know we are it, it, but the left has turned and the Demo, the left who had us on the wrong track through their racial division and their anti-american hatred and their uh, obama and his big government spending destroy the economy stuff Trump was right to say we need to make America great again because they had us on the wrong track. And I think he effectively sucked the oxygen out of that false narrative that talking about the greatness of America is racist and wrong. And I thought that was that was a knockout punch because the cultural Marxist movement has been about – The evil of America and destroying the fabric of America, taking down statues was supposed to get it all the way to the founders. And if they could declare this country fundamentally evil and wrong, Don, then they could uh, they could convince Americans that we needed to transform it into Venezuela. That's been the long term play here. And I think he dismantled it. I,
7: I do, too. And I think I think he contrasted that so well against the evil of socialism, what socialism really does. When we when he contrasted that to what is currently happening in Venezuela, never forget, never forget that we as a nation went out and we saved the world a couple of different times. Never once did we take any country and make that country be our take that country and have a colony made of that country. Every single time we've gone back in and we have rebuilt the other countries. Yes, this is who and what. America is. And when we have people try and tell us how horrible we are, what a terrible imperialistic nation we are, Obama, you are insulting absolutely every American. And Trump laid that out so well last
1: night he did and he also contrasted socialism with his economic successes the economic okay. miracle that's happening right now the lowering taxation unleashing the free market system with lowering taxation and easing of regulations he said he and and i have not fact checked this but he said that they've they've un. um Removed more regulations in his, in his first uh, two years than any president's entire term. And what that did to unleash the economic engine of, of this country. A co- contra, and, and then he talked about, uh, the women in the workforce and the lowest unemployment mm-hmm. from my, from minorities. And, and they couldn't clap for that. So he contrasted the free market, the, the greatness of the American free market capitalist system, and contrasted it with a socialist, and then you can see them not clapping. There's something really wrong with you when you can't clap for minorities having jobs and having money in their pocket. Don, final thought before we got to let you go?
7: I think that what we have to do is take this and build upon what uh, President Trump did last night and build the idea that no, the road we're going to take is not the road to tyranny. We're going to stay away from that road of hope and change, and we are going to travel down that road of freedom and independence, that road that has built the American dream.
1: I think we're losing Don there with that connection. Don Jans wrote the book The Road to Tyranny. You guys need to get it. Hey, before I take my break, hat tip. Check out this hat that I've got on uh, from a friend of the uh, Andrea K show, KCBQ. Rosendo brought me this hat and it doesn't say maggot. It says make Sweetwater School District great again. You know, I do a lot of education ses- segments. I was just talking to Don Jans about how the left has made a, such a shift in this country by. Uh, taking over hijacking our school system and turning them into indoctrination centers to churn out little socialists. uh the sweetwater school district is bankrupt right now or going uh, is just really in trouble financially and uh, um, we're going to do some segments on that uh, coming soon i'm gonna have to bring my buddy bob walters in on that he wrote the book facing reality in american education rosendo thank you so much for bringing me this hat stay tuned we got more andrea Show coming up
7: Want more? Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay
5: Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea Kay, spelled K A Y E. Hi, this is Jesse Keegan, owner of Keegan Electric Solar, a certified electrical contractor. Start the new year off right. 2019 is the last year to get the 30% federal tax credit. Your family should take full advantage of the 30% tax credit while it's still available. Let 2019 be the year you and your family go solar. You can produce your own electricity from the sun. Stop paying the escalating prices of the power company. Get a 25-year warranty turnkey solar panel system with top-of-the-line 360-watt panels and in-phase microinverters. This includes a per-panel online monitoring system, standard on all installed Keegan Electric Solar panel systems. Let Keegan Electric Solar answer any questions you might have about any of your solar needs. Give Keegan Electric Solar a call at 619 742 That's 619 742 8376, or visit KeeganElectricSolar.com.
4: This is Michael Medved at MichaelMedved.com for Town Hall. Regarding the hateful image connected to Governor Ralph Northam, Virginia Democrat, it doesn't matter whether he's the figure in blackface, the one in Klan costume, or neither one of them. He is the one who chose to place that photograph on his personal page in his medical school yearbook. Among just four photos he used to define his personality, he chose one that recycles racist stereotypes while trivializing murderous violence. In Northam's own lifetime, the Klan had committed bombings and shootings of civil rights workers throughout the South. Conservative Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was taken to task for stupid references to beer in his high school yearbook when he was 15. But no one in press or politics ever exposed Northam for treating racist violence like a joke when he was 25. There's a double standard at work that needs to end. I'm Michael Medved.
0: Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu fm 96.1 north county am 1170 san diego the answer money struggles are no fun if you've got high interest credit card debt 20 25 26 percent along with your mortgage payments Why not reduce the interest, get rid of the card payments, and save yourself some money? I just showed one client how to save herself $1,000 a month. How about student loan debt? I can help you pay that off through your home loan without the cash-out costs. What if you're retired with insufficient income but still making mortgage payments? I can fix that. With enough equity, I'll help you get rid of those mortgage payments once and for all. Call me, Ed Personius. I'll help you save money every month, and I'll get you a great low rate while getting the bank to pay your loan costs. A great rate, and the bank pays your loan costs? Call 949-293-6271. 949-293-6271. Get more money in your pocket every month. 949-293-6271.
6: NMLS number 1610807. DRE number 02026055.
0: Help Wanted San Diego.com presents the world's worst boss. The one who posts jobs on huge national job sites. Looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Oh, Lindsay, come in. Looks like little Nathan is fitting right in at the office. He
6: loves bringing your child to work, Dave.
0: How would he feel about a more long-term position at the company? What do you mean? Well, there's an opening in senior management. I think Nathan would be a perfect fit. He's six? Well, HR wants me to find better candidates than those huge online job sites, and Nathan is local, so what do you say? Uh, Something in accounting, then? Wh- he looks like he's got a head for numbers.
6: He's in the first
1: grade. He literally just learned subtraction. Oh, good
0: enough for me. I'll see you both here on Monday, 9 a.m. sharp.
1: But he has school monday
0: our school's overrated i'm offering on the job training don't be a dave find your perfect local employee at help One at San Diego.com.
7: local jobs that work we don't discriminate against people named dave dave is a common name fun to say and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster bosses everywhere they post jobs on the big national job boards because they really don't care please do not write us to tell us you're a dave who was insulted by this ad that would be a real dave move dave fm 96.1
0: am 1170
7: the answer Andrea Kay, the Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. 888-344-1170. Um, everybody's saying it, on both sides of the aisle that last night's State of the Union address was a resounding success. It was huge. As my man Trump would say, I want to hear from you. What, what effect? Okay, so he knocked it out of the park. What effect will that have going forward? Because we've got what ten days left before the three-week um, extension of the shutdown uh, before we're facing another shutdown, I guess, however you want to call it. So eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. What do you think is going to happen next? And uh, in our law, this is our law and order segment, in which case I'm hoping the law enforcement, uh, you know, authorities are going to put out an APB. For Alyssa Milano and the Me Too Believe All Women crowd because we've got a lady who works, I think, here in San Diego who says this dude, this lieutenant governor down in Virginia, this Justin Fairfax dude, for, uh, forced some – I can't remember what the terminology was, but said he forced a sex act that was violent on her. And when – her blood kind of ran cold when she found out that he might be next in line after uh, uh, Governor – Blackface Michael Jackson impersonator when when he goes away. So um, where where's the Me Too crowd? Believe all women, right? So you know, come on now. We're just, I, I actually, it's interesting though that the left wants to call for due process right now because you know they didn't want to offer any of that to Kavanaugh. Uh, breaking news on a local case here, a uh, story that I've talked about many times here on the Andrea K Show because y'all know that I love true crime stories. I love to see our law enforcement when they do it right and they work with prosecutors and investigators and they hold criminals accountable and they lock them up behind bars. And we had a case here that confounded America. It was called the Coronado Mansion murder, um, calling it murder because did anybody really believe that was Rebecca Zahal tied herself up and flung herself off a balcony naked? No, it didn't make sense to anybody. Joining me now to talk about this, because there's breaking news on this case, is Caitlin Rother. She's a New York Times bestselling author of of 13 books. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Okay. So, um, to refresh everybody's memory, because this story, there was even a Lifetime movie about this case. Um, Uh So, um, it came as a shock to everybody that it was ruled a suicide back at the time that it happened. Nobody believed right. it, including the family. It didn't make sense. In the words of the great Judge Judy, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true.
9: So, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it, right, and then the Sheriff's Department came out again in December and said again, reconfirmed its findings that it was a suicide, despite the fact that a civil jury found that Adam Shacknai, Rebecca the house boyfriend's brother who was the only person who was known to be physically on the premises besides mm. her, he was found responsible for her death. So right. then and
1: and the, excuse me for interrupting. <laughs> so he was the only one home Sorry. alone. He had Navy. He had experience in tying knots, the knots that right. bound her feet and her hands behind her back, by the way, um, were you had to have some, some expertise in tying knots to do that. Um, He cut her down instead of calling authorities, supposedly, when he found her. So he completely destroyed evidence at at, at the site. Uh, Some comments that he made today, I wouldn't bother to murder her. I mean, just what an evil dude. Okay, so the family, so because they they ruled it a suicide, the family sued him in civil court, correct?
9: Right. The Howe family sued him in civil court and originally had also included um, Jonah Shacknai's ex-wife, who was uh, Dina Shacknai, who was the mother of the little boy who died two days earlier, I'm sorry, who fell, tragically fell, and ultimately died of the injuries. And that is what the sheriff's department said was the motive for Rebecca to kill herself is that she felt guilty for being responsible as the only adult in the house when he fell. So that's the other background. So um, Adam Schack flew out to support his brother while he was um, watching over his son in the ICU So originally, Adam was sued, Dina was sued, and Dina's sister, Nina, who also flew down to be with her sister while Max was in the hospital. So Nina and Dina were were dismissed, and that just left Adam. So Adam was the only one who went to trial last April.
1: Okay, so then he's found, kind of like OJ, he was found civilly liable. Uh, right. He, um, that it was, he, uh, she was awarded the their house family was awarded five million dollars in damages, and today there was a settlement. Right. Tell me about the settlement. Right. Okay, so this is a little complicated. I'm going to try to keep it as simple as I can. Yeah, because we've only got so, about a minute or two.
9: Uh, oh no. Okay, so January 25th there was a tentative ruling by the judge that that uh, Adam had asked for a new trial and had asked for them to reverse the verdict, essentially by vacating the judgment. Today, the judge was supposed to come out with her permanent ruling, and instead, there was a settlement. So that means that the judgment was vacated, and there was a settlement, and all that Keith Greer, the Howe family attorney, will say is that the case was resolved, so we don't know how much it was for. Um, but, but Adam Shacknai was furious because he wasn't consulted, and essentially what this means is it's not that the verdict is negated. The verdict stands the judgment on which that verdict was based was vacated. And that has been confusing in the media today. So you may see just disparative of um, story accounts. Okay. So basically he's serious because he didn't get a chance to stand up for himself, and he didn't get a chance to clear his name in court, essentially. That's what happened. So, well, I guess, the, uh, well,
1: I, 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 you say that as though you agree with him on that because didn't there was a trial? No, I'm not, I'm not taking oh, okay. any
9: sides. I'm just saying okay. he, that, I think that's why he's so furious. And there was some confusion in the media. People were saying the verdict was vacated, and that's not true because otherwise, true. why would he be so angry?
1: Exactly. Uh, my understanding is now they're going to go after the medical examiner and, and to try to get them, him to um, or her uh, to try to change the manner of death.
9: Exactly. So the the Howe family is not giving up. They're going to use whatever, I guess, settlement this was to now aggressively pursue whatever they can find in terms of evidence to, to bolster the criminal case that they think needs to be reopened. They say we can't. The, the evidence is circumstantial. They need something of a higher standard to make a criminal case. So that's what they're working on. First step is to get the medical examiner petition to try to get him to change it from suicide to homicide. That doesn't work file a writ to force him into court and get a judge to look at the evidence, just like this judge did. And this judge called out the sheriff's department investigation as saying it leaves as many questions unanswered as it answered.
1: Well, I, so. I, I would like to see this go go forward because I feel like this is a black mark on our law enforcement and on our sheriff's department and our, our um, DA's office here in San Diego. I felt so at the time. And, you know, for for the civil, for a civil trial to happen and a jury to find him, responsible for her death and then the sheriff to say right. we're not going to reopen it is a black mark right. on sheriff Gore and that's why I'm going to continue because you know what this woman was murdered in my opinion I, there's there you, there's absolutely a lot of people agree with you yeah too. because because so, that's yeah. what the evidence shows you got to you got to follow mm-hmm. the evidence what the the, mm-hmm. the little boy was not her son he died as right. an accident he wasn't dead at the time that she supposedly bound herself up and wrote some dopey stupid you know, saying on a mirror and then ran without leaving footprints on the balcony and threw herself over naked. I mean, you know, who wrote that script? Who's watching that movie? It doesn't make sense, Caitlin. <laughs> Don't write the that movie because nobody would buy it. Nobody would produce that movie. I got to leave it. There. <laughs> I, I agree. Okay, thanks. Oh, well, let me ask you, are you writing a book about this? Oh, sure. I am in the process of work writing a book on this. Yes, I am. All right. Well, when you get it ready, you got to come back on and we'll help promote it.
9: Absolutely. Thank right, you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye now.
1: All right, I'm believing that she committed suicide is about as much as anybody's believing Elizabeth Warren today with her. (laughs) (laughs) What a week for the Democrats. What a week. Another number three in line in Virginia today comes out and says, you know, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because this Mark Herring dude who just last week was calling for number one governor racist, baby killer, Northam to go away. Uh, then we find out about Justin Fairfax, who uh, you know has a credible complaint, sexual assault claim against him. I'm not sure why Mark Herring came out today and said, oh, well, and, and when I was 19, I, me and my friends put on brownface. He, and he specifically said brownface, said he went as some rapper I'd never even heard of. That dude should thank him, though, because who even knows? Curtis Blow. Who even knows what the who the stink Curtis Blow is? So we got all that going on. And then in the middle of all that, Cory Booker, I don't know if you guys saw, Cory Booker was uh, interrogating, questioning some lady ju- not judge nominee, and he's asking her if she ever had any LBGT clerks, and she's like, well, I've never been a judge, so I, co- <laughs> I couldn't have had any clerks. And then you got Elizabeth Warren, after she's already apologized to the Cherokee Nation for taking her dopey DNA test, then we see that she wrote American Indian on the registration for the Texas Bar Associations. What does she do today in her press conference? Does she come out and fall on her dream maker or fall on her peace pipe and apologize for the, for the fact that she did try to use this? We all know she did. She tried to use the the fake claim for, you know, personal professional and financial gain to get the gig at Harvard. Then she didn't get in Texas. What's her apology today? I apologize for extending confusion extending confusion really that's what a clever way to call lying you know what that's you know every dude out there who's 20 something 30 years old now who's dating he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna use that as a way to get out of the fact if he gets caught with another woman or some text message he's been sexting with some other woman see i know what yeah you men think i mean this is kind of stuff he
3: can use that and he can also quote bill clinton
1: Oh yeah, but extending confusion isn't that something some man would say to a woman?
3: It's very clever.
1: I'm so I'm sorry if me me sending a pic of my privates to that. I'm sorry if I extended any confusion in doing that. Sounds
3: like a Copperfield trick that takes too long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, what a week it's been for the Democrats. Um, I'm not really sure. My my question opening the show. Uh, what effect, Trump hit it out of the park last night with the State of the Union address, no doubt. What would the effect be? I think the effect will be, we're going to continue to talk about it, the the left has no rebuttal to him, none whatsoever. I almost felt sorry for, for Stacey Abrams last night because she looked even more the loser that she is. Uh, you know, lost big in Georgia. Uh, her policies lost big. She still has big time debt that she owes to the IRS and other people down in Georgia. I mean, they could not have picked a worse person to give a rebuttal. They got they've got no rebuttal basically. So nine days from now, when the three week extension comes to a close, President Trump will be on the heels of this phenomenal su- uh, success of a speech, the State of the Union address, when the State of the Union is stronger than it's been in many many years, and he has laid the groundwork to say to the American people, 76% of which agree with him on border security, he has laid the groundwork to declare a national emergency if the Democrats and the Republicans don't fulfill the will of the people, of which 76% of them last night said they agree with him on border security. You've got a President Trump that wants to, he showed angel families, he showed the, uh, the, the family who just lost their loved ones in Nevada. The argument that the left has no argument against why we can't have a border wall and why we should not use every means necessary. Yes, we need drones. Yes, we need increased border patrol agents. Yes, we need increased cameras and all kinds of technology, but we also need a dang wall. And if we didn't, the wealthy political elites and donors that he talked about wouldn't be living behind the walls. So I think the effect is, is that he's laid the groundwork to get the wall built. I'm going to be right back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you all. Thanks for being here. Thanks to my callers, my guests. Thank you, DJ Carrot Sticks. Peace out.
3: These are the breaks. Break them up, break them up, break down.